as we see again, Acts chapter 9, as it continues, the story, the accounts continue of what God is doing in and among the, the early church. And here we see someone attacking, and then has been attacking, and that will continue to attack. So I'm going to ask, ask you a question. Today, today you know, as, as, uh, as, as we think of, 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 before we get into this, when you think in your mind, and, and the reason that, you know, I, 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 I told you earlier that this one, this one hits home to me. Uh, Saul, you know, at first I thought, well, maybe I'm like a Timothy or something like that. I'm pretty sure now I'm pretty much a Paul, a Saul. Uh, a Saul, not a Paul yet, for sure. But I am Saul. When I look in the mirror, I see him and me. Seeing someone that many would say, never. So I'm going to ask you a question. And I want, you don't need to answer it. But in your mind, I want you to pass judgment today. Oh, pastor wants us to sin. Now, I want you to, in your mind, think of someone that you think God can't save. It would be impossible. Have you ever done that? No. Oh, really? Well, good, good. So that, that means, perfect, awesome. Uh, please come see me in my office about, about lying. That's one of the commandments. <clears throat> I think we all have known someone, seen someone through history, through present time, or maybe future. Uh, well, there's no hope for that person. I think we have. I have. And, you know, it's kind of funny because uh, not that I'm, I wasn't saved, but I remember my sister. Uh, there's a picture in her home, which makes me just, uh, it's a picture of me praying that she has on her wall. My sister. <laughs> and I asked her why she has this. You know what she said? She goes, I almost quit praying for you. Ow. I knew you were not walking with the Lord. I know you're doing things on your terms. And I knew that you were very into you and you only more than anything else. And I knew God had a plan for you. I know, I laughed too. But I almost stopped praying. But God told me to keep going. Okay? Wow. Guess what? People were praying for Saul. The person that, or maybe the person, I don't know, maybe you were thinking of yourself. I don't know. People are praying right now that God would work what he does, do what he thinks that we think is impossible, for him is possible. So let's take a look. Let's take a look today at two things. Two things we're going to take a look at. We're going to take a look at Saul uh, in, in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. But we're going to actually probably run down a little bit to almost 17, I'm pretty sure, if not 19. But um, first thing we see here is Saul had a vendetta 
against the saints of God. We see that in verse chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, don't we? It says right there, it says, Now Saul, still breathing threat and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that, he, that if he found anyone belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Saul, here, let's talk a little bit about who Saul was. Saul was a very religious man. Get it? He was religious. He was not Christian. He was religious. He trained under Gamaliel and was and it was the finest training ever. His intentions and efforts were sincere, and he was a good Pharisee who knew the Bible and sincerely believed that Christian movement was dangerous to Judaism. So, Paul hated Christians. He hated the Christian faith, and he, per- and he persecuted Christians without mercy. Paul was a big deal. And as, the, as you see in your bulletin, the big fall hard. So, his hatred for the Christians in Jerusalem. No person apart from Jesus himself shaped the history of Christianity like the Apostle Paul, or at this time, Saul. Even before he was a believer, his actions were very significant. He's, his, his, frenzy, uh, uh, his frenzied persecution of Christians following Stephen's death got the church started in obeying Christians or Christ's final command to take the gospel worldwide. So let's, let's go back. We've been here for a little while, but let's go back to Acts chapter 7, verses 57 and 58, where we see, here we see, and then the voice cried aloud and covered their ears and rushed at them with, with one impulse. When they had driven him, we're talking about the, the, the stoning of Stephen, when they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. Okay, this is a person they took out of the city and threw rocks at him. Gulp. And they, and, and, and they stoned him, and the witness laid aside their robes at the feet of the young man named Saul. Let's jump to 8.1. Saul was in heartily agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Verse 3, but, Paul, but Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging them off, men and women, and put them in prison. Ow. Saul then, as we see, went and received permission to travel to Damascus to capture Christians, to bring them back to Jerusalem. So, 
He hated not just the Christians in Jerusalem, he hated all Christians. And now he says, Damascus, we're going after them next. Do we see someone that maybe in our worldly mind, there's no hope for that guy. Okay? All right. Saul was so zealous for his Jewish belief that he hunted Christians. Anyone who believed, as we read, the followers of the way. Why would Jews in Jerusalem want to persecute Christians? Why would Jews in Jerusalem want to persecute Christians as far away as Damascus? Why do you, why, why, why Damascus? Here, here's, here's something about Damascus. Damascus was a key commercial city and was located 150 miles northeast of Jerusalem. Okay, 150 miles. There was no Uber. He's going to go 150 miles either by foot or on a horse to hunt Christians down. That's how much he hates them. Are we all in agreement here? I'm not making it up. It's right in the Word. Read it for yourself. Acts chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9. These are word for word. Okay? So he traveled there. Why Damascus? Well, there was, there was, I, I looked up, uh, I was reading through some stuff this weekend, and there, this person had said, well, here could be five possible reasons. Number one, to seize the Christians who fled, right? Makes sense. Number two, to prevent the spread of Christianity to other major cities. Makes sense. Number three, to keep the Christians from causing any more trouble in Rome. Number four, to advance Saul's career and build his reputation as a true Pharisee. (gasps) Whoa, that one hit home, huh? His pride and his arrogance. Or number five, to unify Judaism against Christianity. Makes me think of a couple of verses. See if you understand where I'm going. First one, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. The adversary of the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Or how about John 10, 10? The thief comes only to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Satan was at work, wasn't he? Early church started. Early church started, and Satan was like, I will do anything possible to make sure it goes away. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go find one of the big dogs that everybody loves. Come here, Saul. I got a job for you. I got something for you. You're going to be my king on earth. I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going to give you fame. I'm going to give you fortune. You're going to be the, the unifier of the country. You're going to do everything to destroy them, and then I'm going to destroy you. But I'm not going to tell you that right now. 
That's what he does. That's the little whispers back here. Paul, would you like to be rich? Would you like to be famous? Would you like to be the number one Pharisee of all times? Yes, he would. Go get them. Because they're against everything that you've learned since you were a boy. You know the Torah? You know the Bible. You know the laws. They're breaking the laws. Jesus said, what did Jesus say? That if you tear this temple down in three days, you will build it up again? Really? They're all saying that this is the way. Can you imagine? He went to the, the, the high priest and said, I need to go get these people who follow the way. Snuff them out. He had a vendetta. But it was filled with pride, arrogance, belief in self. He hated the Christians in Jerusalem. He hated the Christians in Damascus. He had blinders on. He had blinders on and was only focused on hatred. Does that happen today? The answer is yes. So what happens then? Verses 3 through 9. We've read it already. We see that there was a, a revelation Saul referred to this experience here. We saw referred to this experience as his, his experience as a start of his new life in Jesus Christ. This is, the, this is what happened. This is what he saw. He saw a light. He hit his knees. What did he say? Do you have your Bibles open? Okay. What, what does it say? Who are you what? Lord, is it a capital L or a little L? <gasps> what? He already knew he was talking to. He already knew. Who are you, Lord? <laughs> I hear you. I see you. I'm on my knees. I'm on the ground. And what is... And, and, and what, what, is, what is this Lord, what does it say? What does it say? I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Why do you persecute me? Can you put yourself in his shoes? In my head, I see him on a big horse. I mean, I know it doesn't say that, so I'm actually adding, and I'm not supposed to add to Scripture, so I'm not going to say that. But in my head, kind of like I see Peter as kind of that, well, you know, you know how I think about Peter. Big man on a big horse. He got knocked off his horse. And Jesus says, well, now I got you on your knees. Let me talk to you. John says this. Or not John. Saul. Saul says this. Soon to be Paul. Says this. Galatians chapter 1. Let's go there. Galatians over here. Galatians chapter 1. 
Galatians chapter 1, 15 through 16. This is a letter from Paul to the Galatians. No kidding. This is what it says. Ready? Here we go. 15 and 16. But when God, who, set, who had sent me, set me apart, sanctified, even from my mother's womb, and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me, that I, may, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. What? We're seeing that he's actually saying, I knew for a fact who it was. And he says, I was shown grace, mercy, and love. I read you last week, 1 Timothy chapter 1, 12 through 16. It says it there too. But Saul here didn't just see a vision. He saw the risen Jesus Christ himself. He sees a brilliant light. He hears the voice, says, why do you persecute me? Saul, though, though he, was, he was pursuing heretics, thought he was pursuing heretics, but he was pursuing Jesus himself. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 40 and 45, it says, if you do this to the least of these, you do unto me. So when he was persecuting those people in the pews, he was actually persecuting Jesus himself. Wow. A man that had it all the best education, the best knowledge of the world ever is needed. He was perfect in the world's eyes. But it was being used by the devil. It was being used to steal, kill, and destroy. Paul acknowledged Jesus as Lord on his knees, he confessed his sin. I found a quote to this week. It said, true confession comes from a personal encounter with Jesus Christ and leads to a new life in a relationship with him. I love that so much. You know, on uh, Wednesday, Peter and I were, were down in the youth room and we were, we were, we were talking and praying together and you know, and I, before he got there, I went over and I, I left my Bible in my office. And I'm like, well, I'll just grab one from down there. And I grabbed one. Whoever's Bible this was, I need to meet them. I need to meet them because there was some amazing notes in the margins. And I looked, it wasn't just a little bit. It was all throughout the entire thing. From the beginning... From soup to nuts, it was, it was there. I mean, it was perfect. And this person, were, was, they, they were writing in this section, and they had put in there that uh, uh, it is not for... Uh, uh, I wrote it down. It was... Uh, I'll get there eventually, because it's in my notes somewhere. But the insight of this person... And I'm assuming it was a girl because they had really nice handwriting. Not those guys don't, but we're just kind of a scribble kind of guys. But also, 
there's some serious teaching going on downstairs. Unfortunately, she's not here today to give her a little bit of a at a girl. She's on vacation with her family. But there is some stuff being taught, some truths being told, and there's results coming from it. Let's look quickly at the results that came from this road to Damascus. Because it goes a little bit further, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little bit further. Like I told you, this one, I, I, wow. This should be a three-part sermon. I'm just going to tell you what, what, what happened. The Lord speaks to a Christian man, Ananias, Ananias, and he says, and the, Ananias says, here I am, Lord. And the Lord says this to him, get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. He has seen a, he has seen a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him. Remember that part, laying hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he said he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. He's doing kind of what we do, right? Lord, are you right? Are you sure? Are you in your right mind? Because we're here. We're living in it. Mm -mm. But what does God say to him? This is even better. (laughs) This is great. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. The word their instrument is actually means vessel. He is something that I am going to use. I am going to use this man to bring glory and honor to my name. I am going to use him in such an amazing way that is going to blow your socks off. If they had socks back then. Blow your sandals off. Okay? And Ananias is like, huh? And what does he do? He goes there. Can I use you for a second? I know you, I know you hate sitting there when I'm, but I'll do it. He comes up, let's, let's just say you're Saul, okay? I'll be Ananias. He comes up and goes, hi, how, how are you? <laughs> Brother Saul, how are you? <sighs> it's working. He was scared. He was terrified. This story's not about so much Saul. It's not. It's about obedience. That's what it's about. It's about being obedient to Jesus. Paul was obedient to the world. Okay? Went on a hunting, a hunting expedition. The big fell hard. He was inobedient because what did Jesus say to him? I need you to go to this place and sit there until I send somebody for you. Has that ever happened before? 
the upper room. Go there and wait until I send someone. Okay, good. You got that one. They obeyed. Saul obeyed. Ananias was told, go see him. Freaked out of his mind. Put his hand up, brother. The Lord sent me. They prayed together. They laid hands on him. What happens? The blinders that were clovered came off. And what does he do now? He is now going to preach and teach and reach out. He was now ready to take it to the streets. Ooh, how did he do that? He came back around all the way again. So now I want to ask you again. Think of that person that you had in your mind, the judging thing. Don't judge, least ye be judged. Gotcha. But we're coming to the altar in a second. But I want you to do a favor. Do me a favor. Look in the mirror. Are you that person? God can't help me. I think he can. Maybe he could. I don't know. I'm just too bad. Anyone doing that? But once they laid hands upon Saul, the Holy Spirit filled him. And when the Holy Spirit filled him, he was prepared and ready to go. The Saul, the great persecutor of the church, traveled to Damascus persecuting Christians. He was confronted by the risen Savior and brought face to face with the truth of the good news. Sometimes God breaks into, a li- breaks into our life in spectacular manner, and sometimes it's a quiet experience. But we do know that faith in Jesus Christ brings great blessings, not not often great, but also great sufferings. The Apostle Paul, it says very, very uh, later here, it says, uh, here it is. Okay, uh, uh, as I told you, he said he was a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name for the Gentiles, kings, and sons of Israel. For I will show him much he must suffer in my name's sake. Saul, we see, was a changed man, a new man, a man of God. He was a chosen vessel of mine, of God, to bear name before the Gentiles, kings, and the son of Israel, filled with the Holy Spirit. He was, here we go, here's all your, here's all your confirmation words, ready? He was justified, found not, guilty, found not guilty. He was sanctified, set apart for God's word. He was righteous. He was found right with God, and he was being showed the ultimate amount of... I'm glad you're still there. He was prepared by God, and he reigned, and he regained his sight, and he began to preach Jesus, that Jesus is the Son of God. My question to you, are you ready? Are you ready to take to the streets? If God can reach someone that is 
the biggest persecutor of his church and use him for his glory to show that person grace, mercy, and love. Guess what? He can do it for you too. There's many of us in this room, I think, that are struggling right now. I'm one. I struggle every single day. I've got things that I look at, look at my face, look in my head, look in my, my heart, and go, you are not good enough. You are, you, you, you preach it, but man, it's a lie. Do you remember all those bad things you did? I think of the facades that we can put on. We can put on a good face, can't we? You ever done that phone, phone call when you're feeling crappy or you just got done crying and your phone rings and you're just like, hello, nice to hear from you. Oh, yeah, hi. No, it's great. It's fine. Put on a face, don't we? When down deep, we're getting destroyed. Saul was big and he fell hard and he was obedient. Ananias was scared out of his mind and was obedient. God's asking you to be obedient. Obedient to his word. And then share your, share your story. If you ever get a chance, and I'll close on this. If you ever get a chance, there's a book out there called I Am Second. And there are so many witnesses, testimonies in that book. One of them that I think of that I never, ever thought in a million years. Any racing fans in here? A couple. Okay. Do you know Daryl Waltrip? Okay. I'll use somebody else. Um, anyone? <laughs> well, no, you're not going to know. If you're not going to know Daryl Waltrip, you won't know that person. Um, oh, there's a rock star. But it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. What I'm saying is, in that book, you read through who these people were, and they say, this happened in my life. This was my Saul moment. This was where I said, I am second to you, Jesus. I give it to you. He's asking that for you, too. In just a second, we're coming forward. And you're going to be able to get on your knees and talk to him. Be in his presence. You're in his presence now, but you're going to be at his altar where he instituted the means of grace, the vehicle in which God shows us his grace, mercy, and love. He does it through baptism. He does it through the word of God, and he does it through the sacraments of the altar. You're going to get the chance to come and take, partake in the sacraments of the altar as he gives you forgiveness of your sins when you repent, and then you celebrate for what he's done and continues to do, law and gospel. You get to come do that right now. So as we close our eyes and fold our hands, and I'm going to have the, the, the group come forward and, and, and sing, uh, I just, I'm asking you to pray just a simple prayer as you prepare your hearts, okay? Everybody close your eyes and fold your hands, and let's focus on Jesus on the cross and say, Dear Jesus, I thank you, and I praise you for what you have done and continue to do in my life. I'm asking you, Lord, to prepare my heart to come to your table. I'm asking you to allow all the things that I hold that I don't think you can forgive, 
I'm asking for you, Lord, to allow me to give them up, to put them at the feet of the cross, ask for forgiveness, and then, Lord, let me celebrate and rejoice in your saving grace. Prepare my heart now to come to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.